What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 108 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where I, Tim Burtbeck, talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and find out what makes them tick. I uh, hope everyone's well, had a nice week. Uh, I had a bloody lovely week, if I'm going to be totally honest. Work was a bit strenuous, but apart from that, I turned 30 on Friday, so I've joined... I'm no longer in my 20s, I've joined the 30 Club. Um, spent some time with my family on my actual birthday, went out for a lovely meal. And then on the weekend, I uh, was up in Leeds for Outbreak Fest, which was rad as fuck. Um, now, I will be the first to admit, I can be easily dis... dis- I can't even say the word. Dis- disillusionized. Disillusional? Disillusional. We'll stick with that. Um, for hardcore shows, just because... Like, when I started going to shows, um, merely I was one that used to like to mosh, but it was all about kind of two-stepping and it was a lot more kind of positive, whereas you see videos and go to shows now and it's a lot more violent and there's a lot more kind of hate mosh culture and all this, crowd killing and so on and so forth. Um, But Outbreak was not that at all. It was such a nice vibe. Um... Lots of good friends that I haven't seen in a while, which was nice to kind of catch up with them as well, and lots of great bands. And I was saying to my to my brother, who I went with, that I think this is kind of the closest that the UK's got to having something like This Is Hardcore or Sound of Fury that they have over in America. So long may it continue, and I hope it kind of keeps... This is the first year I've been. I've been meaning to attend for, for the last couple, but never actually got round to it but yeah I hope that this is kind of that vibe is there all the time and continues rather than what I've seen at other shows and festivals of a similar nature um personal highlights were Backtrack, Jesus Peace, uh, King Nine and Candy all four of them absolutely killed it Backtrack probably one of the best hardcore sets I've seen in a very long time which was was cool um they weren't really one of the bands I was mainly looking forward to, to be honest, but they blew me away, and when they finished with Erase the Rat, I was just like, fucking, this is... I was in my element, let's say. Um, but ironically, uh, our piece of news for this week kind of comes off the back of uh, Outbreak, Comeback Kid, who were the headliners of the festival. Uh, after sort of closing out the festival, literally the next day, they announced that they'll be coming back to... The Euro, uh, to Europe and the UK sort of tail end of June, start of July um, and they'll be doing three dates in the UK supported by good friends of the show Svalbard which is fucking awesome because they're really good friends of mine in any, anyway but they just seem to be g- getting more and more opportunities which is just awesome for them and I'm so happy for them so yeah that tour if it's making its way through a city near you make sure you go uh, check it out. Um, all the details are on Comeback Kids social media, so if you follow them, go check them out. Um, before we get on, our, on to our guest, the usual plugs of the show. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, wherever you're listening to, if you could please just give us a little review, subscribe if this is your first time listening to, to the show. We've got plenty of episodes as you can see this is 108 uh in the back catalog which may pique your interest um and give us a little review it really helps booster up the the listening numbers and get more eyes on the show therefore i can get more guests and yeah we can we can keep this cool little thing going it's been 
nearing three years now that I've been doing this, which is which is nuts to think about. But yeah, I'm really grateful for everyone's support. Um, the other thing, we do have tote bags for sale. Um, if you are so inclined to to get one, visit justininsight.bigcartel.com. Uh, they're just five of your English pounds. Um, and yeah, all the money goes back into this show and helping it continue. Um, right, let's get on to a guest. And this week I am joined by drummer and vocalist of New York post-hardcore band Closer, uh, Ryan Slauson. Um, we discuss how Ryan discovered uh, drums through being part of the marching band in high school, uh, how they came into sort of discovering heavier music a little bit later in life, um, and how kind of certain musics in, uh, sorry, sort certain moments in their musical career sort of defined who they are now and sort of where they are with Closer and what this band means and where it is progressing forward. Um, so yeah, please sit back, enjoy the chat that I have with Ryan, and I'll see you on the other side. So, joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is drummer and vocalist of uh, Screamo post-hardcore band Closer, Ryan Slauson. Ryan, thank you very much for for joining me. Um, I understand you've just finished work, so how was your day? <laughs> um, it was uh, get a restaurant that has a cafe inside so i am a barista and i started my day around 5 30 this morning so um it's nice to be off from work um, <laughs> yeah. that's my day job so i um well i'm not there i try to stay active in the music scene here and um i'm also an artist so i i work on art on my own and I do some graphic design here and there for awesome. band for different people that um either my friends who are promoters or friends in bands yeah and yeah something that I've got to mention ask what well, I'll ask you about because I remember when we kind of first started talking to, to arrange this you said you were going into the the Thursday show of St. Vitus which I'm very very jealous yeah. about so so how was that <laughs> yeah it was so fun um I I grew up in Florida, so I wasn't really able to see Thursday that much, and unless they played some big festival or something. So um, I was really excited to see them as an as an adult. And um, they this tour, this reunion tour, their anniversary tour, they chose kind of smaller venues to play at, so they're a little bit more intimate. And um, it was so fun. I, I had the best time, yeah. and at the end there was confetti that fell down. So oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. Like, every time they came to to the UK, like they were the the must see band for me. Like I think I saw them yeah. maybe five or six times when they came over oh, here. Wow. So that's amazing. Yeah, like I, and especially when I saw they were doing the the anniversary dates in America, I was very jealous, especially doing the the yeah. albums in full as well. Yeah, it was fun. Well, as as I mentioned before, I kind of hit record. The sh- the show is called Justin Insight. I like to take my guests kind of back to their back to their roots, so to say. So, what was cool. your first exposure of kind of alternative music? What got you into sort of going down that path? Um, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, just I've uh, as as I get older, it's interesting to kind of look back with people 
a similar age and maybe a little bit older than me to look back on where um how how we got into the seven music um yeah it's kind of funny um how different our our paths are i guess me and some people i know in different bands and friends and things um i think i i think my first kind of heavier band was metallica okay actually <laughs> i i really liked a um i don't know if this they were popular in europe but this boy band called hansen yeah yeah, was, yeah. Uh, re- really big in like the late 90s and me and my sister were obsessed and so we would read everything about them and um the drummer from hansen really liked metallica so i was like oh now i'm gonna like that band <laughs> so i started i started listening to them and metallica became my kind of entry point into into i mean they're not like a punk band or anything no, like no. that but it, it was like a type of music that kind of i was i was interested in and i was like all right i i, I like this what what else what else is going on in that kind of world so yeah um, that's that was i guess the band that i would say was my my entry point yeah and so, um, oh sorry go on. oh yeah that, that that's fine I was, I was just going to say, so kind of from, from Metallica then, how did you kind of <laughs> forge your path to, to where you are, obviously, I guess, li- listening to bands like Thursday and things like that? How did that kind of path yeah. come to be? Um, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. So, uh, <laughs> And I think, I haven't to many other people about this, how, if they had a similar kind of um, journey through, through like young, younghood and middle school and high school, but... Um, it was mostly, like I mentioned, like people that I liked, or sometimes just boys that I liked when I was younger. I would pay attention to what shirt they were wearing, and right. if it was like a band, a band like No FX, or they had a patch of Alkaline Trio, and I had a crush on them. Obviously, I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Well, I'm gonna listen to that band now." And then, so I really got into kind of like early high school. I got into um, Modest Mouse and Alkaline Trio, and some other bands like that and I think that's when I started listening to Thursday as well um just I was um just kind of picking up on what other people around me were listening to because it was hard for me to kind of find find the bands I just kind of found them through other people and um I really liked this magazine called Spin Magazine yeah yeah I'm Um, familiar it was kind of the, the one magazine that I had a subscription to, so I would um, kind of just dig through that and see what they were reviewing and what they liked and who who they were talking about, and that's kind of was a, a very big taste maker for me mm. personally. Um, yeah, and I was online. I mean, when I was in high school, I, it was around two thousand two thousand one. I began high school, so um, the internet was a little different than what. It was kind of downloading music on, on like Napster and things like that, like file sharing stuff. So um, I would find things on there as well. And uh, yeah, like At the Drive-In was one of my favorite bands because I would car carpool with boys in the neighborhood, and that's what we would listen to in the car: Rage Against yeah. the Machine, um, At the Drive-In, The Strokes. That kind of like kind of music was popular yeah. with us in our little and our little friend group so um yeah yeah it's funny that happens but yeah a lot of it was just like I saw 
left and yeah. got into that band. So. And do you, where did you say you grew up? Sorry. I grew up in the suburbs of Lauderdale in Florida. So it was South Florida, um, kind of not a small town. It's just a normal maybe seventy-five to hundred thousand people and yeah. uh, too much of like a, a scene there and if there was I was not aware because um, I was very busy in high school with actually I was in marching band symphonic oh, okay. band jazz band I played I was a percussionist and then I also played trombone and I played vibraphone and tried to play tuba one year <laughs> but it, was, it was really hard so I um, yeah I was really occupied with music um, symphonic music and then I was also I did some sports and art and all kinds of different things. So I didn't go to shows at all. I maybe went to one or two shows that my friends' bands were in, but okay. um, at the at a skate at a skate park or you know something like that. But so in high school, I was very um, sheltered from any sort of like DIY scene or yeah. really any any like what I would call like harder music because I just wasn't. Um, no one I knew was really into that or I. Had, exposure really um so um i came to that type of music a little bit older yeah well because that's what i was going to ask because obviously uh, over here in the uk things were a lot a lot kind of smaller sort of thing so just kind of yeah like in terms of like i know obviously the states is a lot vaster that's what i was going to ask because i know there's sort of different areas have different scenes sort of thing so was that something yeah. that you kind of didn't really discover until sort of later and what was kind of your first exposure of that sort of world um yeah I noticed so when I started college I joined I was in, I was in a ska band for a couple months and okay. uh, that was funny it was very bad but um I just started to learn that a lot of a lot of American bands that are on tour don't make it to Florida because it's so far south right. and um, in order to get there you have to play some other southern cities and sometimes there's just not a good draw there so it's not worth the gas money and all the drive uh, Florida is a very long geographically it's, it's the distance from the top to the bottom is about an eight hour drive oh, so, wow. um, maybe even more than that honestly from top to bottom so that it's just not a. It's not the best place to go if you're on tour and you're trying to make make it efficient. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you were a bigger band, you might come to Orlando or Tampa or it, these other larger cities and hit those because there's a bigger bigger population. But honestly, um, even though that would that doesn't happen that often. So um, so yeah, I was living in Orlando, which where Disney World is and then um, <laughs> yeah. I moved I moved schools to um, the coast of Florida the Gulf Coast to Tampa and that's where I began playing in um, some rock bands so uh, I feel like I'm not sure if you use this term in the UK concert, but you know my, a lot of my musical experience was more centered on like indie music indie rock yeah punk but not I wouldn't say like I would just say more like indie punk or like art rock or noise punk yeah or, 
things of things of that nature. Post punk kind of like I got into eighties like, music, but nothing was really that like truly. I liked certain screamo bands, um, but not. I wasn't like uh, centered on in in a certain scene that was that aggressive. So um, yeah, I was playing in bands that were influenced by like Sonic Youth and um, Sleater Kinney and like those kinds of sounds. Um, but I also had friends through through being in that band. I met people that were more into like. Uh, um, Jesus Lizard and like uh, bands like that that were that were more aggressive sound. Yeah. But um, yeah, my path is just so strange. <laughs> <laughs> it took it just took me a while to get to where I am now. It's, yeah. Um, it just took me a long time to get there. I went through all these different kinds of types of music that I was interested in and. Um, moved around in different kind of worlds and now I'm settled here right now at this moment so um, yeah I, I mean I was dating someone who really liked glass jaw so I got into glass jaw yeah. and uh, that was another like pivotal band for me I was like oh this is what I want to want to play someday you know but I never <laughs> yeah. thought it would be something that I would really be part of because um, I, I was involved in this indie indie rock scene um, in my town, so uh, yeah, it's a strange journey. Actually, yeah. did it, was it kind of like so. a, a thing that because you were in that sort of indie world that kind of the more aggressive world didn't feel attainable? What 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 was it? Yeah, I think um, when I was when I was living in Tampa, I um, the scenes there and people who liked a certain music it was almost like opposing sports teams you know it was right. like very separate um and there was very little overlap and so if you were into um like db grindcore that was your thing and and all your friends were also like people who were in grindcore bands and that that was the only type of music and those were the only kids you would hang out yeah. with and so that was like a very it was very isolated almost so each person kind of like each type of music was repped and um kind of uh it's, it's hard to describe but like it it wasn't very common that people were involved in multiple types of music yeah, yeah. Or, or would go to each other's shows like you wouldn't see anyone from a grindcore band at your indie rock band band show or the opposite it was like very you belong to this and that's what you would do. Mm. So, um, I think I was intimidated and also I felt like, well, this is where I belong. This is what I play. So, you know, I, I, I was in a band that happened to play with law dispute in 2009. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, we just got on their bill because they were, they did put out their like first full length record on no sleep. Um, and they were just looking to play with bands. So we played with them and that, that show was, very important to me so I, I was like oh my god this is this is the type of music that people play i love this and so after that show i was like oh man i got into um i was trying to get more into that type of music yeah. so um but again that was 2009 that was only 10 years ago and yeah. i had already been playing music for a little while so um I would I would honestly say that show really kind of helped move me towards something that I'm playing something more like what I'm playing now. Yeah. 
So, and I'm seeing them on Sunday. I'm, I'm going to the Law Dispute on Sunday. Oh, so awesome! It's pretty funny. Ten years later, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm still a big fan. So, yeah. Um, um do you, I just want to backtrack a little bit. So, you okay. you mentioned that obviously in sort of school and things you were playing sort of in band and things. So what? Growing like growing up was sort of music like a big thing of, of like your childhood. Was it part of like your family structure, or was it just something that you gravitated um, towards? Yeah, it was actually pretty random. I my parents listened to oldies music, and they loved the Beatles, and they loved the Rolling Stones, and they really liked classic rock and those types of bands. Um, Billy Joel, kinds of like classic rock yeah. bands but um they weren't they weren't you know big record collectors and they they didn't know anything about music they just and would share share what they liked with us so um that's what we grew up on and then me and my sister joined band and i i honestly don't know why i <laughs> she 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 was one year one year ahead of me in school she um played clarinet and I tried to play trumpet. I couldn't do it. So I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just play drums, I guess. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really what happened. So <laughs> it was very random. And um, and that's that's where it started. I just thought it would be fun. And I said, well, my sister's doing it, so I should do it too. And then uh, it became almost my whole middle school and high school life basically started to revolve around being in band yeah not in a band but being in band so um i had a very uh active like extracurricular schedule just based around music and my parents were also very involved in like uh the the music programs at my schools right so there wasn't anything sort of special sort of calling to the drums it was just no, that, that was the thing that no. you picked up yeah, I really wanted to play trumpet but <laughs> they on the first day of, of band class they gave me a trumpet and they said you have to make a sound in order to play to play trumpet yeah and I was like okay so I gave it a try and no one no kid knows how to play trumpet no. on the first try they it's just like chance that a sound comes out so um I couldn't do it so they're like all right next <laughs> so and i guess i i liked the drummer pants and like i said before he i thought he was the cutest and i was like well i guess i'll just be like him and play drums so um that's what i did and now here i am so uh, yeah it was nothing special and there was no one in my family played music besides me and my sister um none of our relatives or parents or cousins or anyone really mm. um there was no kind of family history of music. It was just we just decided to do it. And yeah, it was that was it, I guess. So then, in terms of kind of, I guess, playing more sort of quote unquote sort of standard music rather than being sort of part of like a marching band or a school band sort of thing. Yeah. When did you sort of decide like, oh, I I want to do more than just drumming? my school band like I want to do right. actually drum sort of thing if that makes sense yeah so I was in high school and I had a my best friend was a couple years younger than me and she wanted to start a band and I said okay and I had just kind of learned enough about drum set to play very basic 
things. Right. Um, they didn't really teach us that in school unless you were the drummer in the jazz band. Yeah. You didn't really know how to play drum set unless you taught yourself. So I kind of like, my parents got me a very cheap drum set off some uh, newspaper ad and we had it in the garage. So I would try and play. It was hard and I was like, oh, I don't know. But I, I managed to get a little bit, could do a little bit. So we, me and a friend and someone else um, made the, made up this band and we were just going to do blink 182 covers <laughs> um, so and we had one practice my dad drove me out to this house on the edge of florida by the beach and put the drum set in this truck and he waited outside for an hour and then i went home and that was it we only had practice and i was like oh, i don't know about this <laughs> so, so that was funny and then um I got a little bit better at drum set as, as I, I um, had some more practice and instruction. Um, I never had a drum teacher, and I just learned the skills that I could move to the drum set, if that makes sense. So um, I was taught how to use my hands separately and like count, um, count with. Ah, it's hard to describe, but like count the beat and then play a separate beat yeah, with your yeah. hands. Um, I was kind of taught those skills separately, and then I was like, oh, okay, I can use that and move it to the drum set and kind of figure out how this works. So, um, yeah, it was all kind of self-taught, I guess, but not really. Yeah. So it was were like you a kind combination of, of that. Were you kind of like using the skills that you were being taught in band and then trying to sort of like construct that to a full kit kind of thing? Yeah, so I would I learned the minimal amount of how to do it, and then I just listened to um, the strokes. Is this it? Over and over again, and I would drum along to it because that was the easiest. Those were the easiest songs I could jump <laughs> yeah. to. I mean, it's just like it's a classic, just like two four. So, but with a hi hat going. So I was like, all right, I can do this, um, and that's what I. That's kind of where I got my my roots I yeah. guess that's where I started out I was like alright I can drum along to these easy simple stroke songs and I'll feel like I'm doing something so um, yeah that was the beginning <laughs> um, and then I think the next year I graduated high school and I I joined the ska band which was my first band okay um, well that, that was kind of going to be my, my next question was like what would you kind of consider your first band after the, the Blink 182 covers but so <laughs> Yeah, it was a funny ska band that I, I don't even know how I met these people, but I, I think I was in a class with someone, with a friend who played trombone, and he's like, oh, my friend is looking for a drummer for this band, so I was like, okay, and I, I was a very, very, very bad drummer at that point. Okay. <laughs> I was, I'm like, amateur bad, like, could barely play the strokes, and now I'm in a ska band, I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> so, um. But I was I wanted to do it and it was fun. Um, so I was playing very simple beats and things. But um, yeah, it was really fun. We played I think maybe two shows and then <laughs> that was it. The band broke up I think or I quit. I can't remember. Maybe I moved away. I don't. But the, I I think I played two shows with them and um, yeah, that I was I was like oh this is really this is fun playing playing shows is fun yeah so, um and that was my that was my first year of college so i was 18 years old and um 
Yeah, that was that was the beginning. Yeah. So, um, and, then, and then in terms of kind of like the the other sort of element that I guess string to your bow nowadays is obviously in in closer that you're doing vocals as well. So yeah, was that something that again that you kind of wanted to to try earlier on, or is that just something that's kind of come through no. necessity later? That's an even funnier story. I think is um, my first serious boyfriend we would drive around in the car and listen to the mars volta and like just sing along and to the mars volta we loved the mars volta um just so to say that now but (laughs) (laughs) um and like nirvana and stuff like that and uh he would tell me he would look over and say ryan you're the worst singer i have ever heard (laughs) so you're so bad you're horrible and I was like, oh, don't say that, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he would just, he would tell me that. And I'm like, and I believed it because I was very bad. But, I mean, it's kind of mean to say that yeah, yeah. to your girl, your partner, but whatever. Um, people are mean. So, um, <laughs> and no one in my family could sing. Everyone was like tone deaf. And my dad, oh my gosh, so bad. So, um, I believed it, and I, I was I was always terrified of even talking. As a child, I was, like, scared of talking in front of people, and yeah. I was always nervous about um, even talking, let alone singing in front of anyone. So um, to, to do vocals was, like, a huge thing. Even playing music in front of people, I would always get nervous before concerts, and mm. performances and recitals were just, like, so nerve-wracking, and... Um, but eventually it turned into when I started playing shows more it, it became like a space where I felt comfortable in front of people because I was with friends and we were doing something that was rehearsed yeah. it was like, in, instead of being in real life where I never knew what was going on or what to say to people I, I knew exactly what to do and we all did it together so um, I, I became super comfortable on stage and that was fun um and yeah so i i I, uh eventually started a band with a friend who had never been in a band before he played guitar but he never played with a band in front of anyone right so i was like well i've never sang in front of everyone so why don't i sing and you can play guitar and we'll get our other friend who's never played drums before to play drums and we'll all be like weirdo amateurs at what we're doing (laughs) it'll be funny (laughs) And that band was really good, and it was like a very noisy kind of like no wave, um, fucked up like punk band that had very little melody, um, was just very loud and kind of energetic. And I um, I fronted the band, I sang in the band, and I also kind of like played some drums a little bit, but it was basically I just fronted the band. Yeah. And. Uh, that was in 2012, so that was about seven years ago. That was like I was like, oh my god, I can do this. This is so fun. I want to do this all the time. Yeah. So um, that was kind of my entry point of singing and um, writing lyrics was really fun too. That was the first time I had ever done that. Yeah. And that band was um, very well received in my town because. 
it kind of fell into this like art punk noise scene that right. was pretty popular um, where I lived. So, and I, I had a bunch of friends from my other bands, my other indie bands that would that liked our band too. So that was cool. That's cool. And um, yeah, um, so that's how that started. But I, <laughs> I, I came, I came to it with absolutely no confidence, no training, no idea of what I was doing. Um, I was completely just making it up. Yeah. And, um, just kind of trying to emulate what I listened to. Um, yeah, which at that point, even I feel like my knowledge of this type of music, like punk music and hardcore music, was like very limited. But, yeah. um, which I think is, uh, I think that's kind of interesting when you're just like, well, I think this is what I know, and I, I want it to sound like this, so I'm just going to go for it. And then, <laughs> yeah. instead of someone who's, I don't say that this is how it always happens, but someone who's very well-versed in a type of music might sound, have such a specific idea of what they want to sound like and how to do it, that it ends up being a little, like, an emulation or a, a yeah, copy yeah. of something, as opposed to kind of, not to say my approach is better or, or you know, the better, better way, more interesting, but I kind of think that there's a little bit more space to be yourself and do something a little bit different yeah, when, no. you're, when your source material is, like, all over the place. Yeah, I agree, because um, I think, like, when, when I was sort of younger and I wanted to sort of start bands, I was very much into the, sort of, like, the the sort of Boston hardcore sound of like the early 2000s and okay. things like that. So yeah. like, yeah. I, like I would, as you say, I was trying to emulate that sound with my voice, but then uh-huh. as, as I've kind of grown older and my taste has sort of broadened and become more eclectic, like now I just sort of feed in from everything and I just have a weird kind of amalgamation of everything that's in there sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, I think that's cool. And then, so in terms of kind of, I guess, a quote-unquote like proper band maybe like one that was starting to maybe sort of travel out of town maybe go on tours and stuff what 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 was your first band and experience of that so my first band like that was called giddy up helicopter which apparently i don't remember where that comes from but it was some strange phrase that my friend came up with and she's like that's it that's the name of the band so that was a very um, shoe, noisy shoegaze kind of indie rock weird band yeah. um, that that was already formed when I moved to the town to go to school but um, their drummer was horrible so they, they fired her and they said get out of here and so I was in class with someone's partner and they realized like oh you play drums you should try out for my partner's band and so I did and um that summer we went on a short tour it was maybe like a week and a half or something yeah and then we we recorded a record uh that summer put it out and then um we went on maybe one or two other kind of two-week tours and then we would play all over florida and then atlanta uh like athens which is a small town do are you familiar with that at all like athens i've, I've heard of it yeah where like REM is from there and right like, yeah that kind of thing 
uh, I think the B-52, wait, that's not true, um, (laughs) uh, you know, we would, we would stay in the South a lot, we played, um, CMJ, I think, once, and then we played South by Southwest, like, maybe two times, so we did make some, like, a little bit longer trips, um, oh, our first, our first out-of-town show was in, oh, that was my other band, uh, anyways, um, yeah, so we made some decent trips and played some, we would always play with the bands that would, bigger bands that were coming into town so yeah. we were opening opening for a lot of really cool bands um and then we had some issues with our members so the, the band ended up dissolving but from the ashes of that band became this other band called sleepy vikings okay which is another it was like a more rooted in indie rock kind of like college indie rock um with a little tiny bit of like country influence which okay. is a little bit strange but it was it was definitely like an indie rock band and that band um built kind of on the success of the previous band so we got we were picked up by the a, a small label that was based in our town and they put out our first record and they promote us and we again we were opening all these great bands from south bar we did um like a noise pop festival and like we would play all over florida and the south and stuff so um that band was really going places and then i decided to go to college i i decided to go back to school and yeah get my graduate degree so i moved away and um that was kind of the end of the band yeah um which is kind of sad but that's okay it's like i i I went in a completely different direction, and, um, yeah, that's, those two bands were, did, did a lot, they, they, we had a lot of local support, but then again, we were able to, um, break out of our town and really travel, yeah. and, uh, sell, sell records, so that was cool. So, because, there's something I always like to, to ask people as well, is because I think, some people, when they get into, especially like, in it might be different because it was a bit more indie, but especially in like the DIY world, like I've spoken to people that have like a bit of a preconception or have a thought of like what they expect touring to be like, like yeah, that they they either think it's just going to be this big fun thing or they kind of think it's going to be like oh every town's going to be like an adventure and so on and so forth. So did you uh-huh. did you have any like thought process going into it or did you just kind of enjoy the ride? I think I kind of. I just kind of enjoyed the ride because it was so fun when I was younger to go on tour and I didn't have to I had less like responsibilities and things to think about so it was much more enjoyable than it is now um uh yeah I think as a band we thought that we really believed that the more shows we play the more like towns we visit are it'll just all eventually add up and then we'll get something good will happen to us you know like yeah. we'll play we'll play with this band they'll they'll like us and they'll like bring us on tour next year or like they'll tell their record and then they'll sign us and it was just like that's not how it works usually so <laughs> but we were just like kind of i think collectively somewhat convinced that we just have to keep working at it and something will happen which is hopefully what happens to everyone but um uh, that did not happen to us. So, but yeah, our tours, um, they were fun. And I, 
I don't I don't remember really. Yeah, it was it was they were fun. Um, and my our expectations were low because we were just a small Florida band, but um, yeah, we had a great time. I I just remember having a lot of fun. And then if we kind of get on to obviously where you're at now, obviously, what you mentioned obviously that you sort of wanted to go off back to school and and doing your graduate degree. Yeah. So was that when you moved to to New York or? Uh, yeah, exactly. So in 2012, I moved to New York. I was living about two hours northeast of New York City in a in a county, Westchester County, which is just directly above New York City. Yeah. And I was going to a, a New York public school called, um, sorry, it's very loud. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, SUNY Purchase, so it's a state of New York co- campus, and it right. was in this, like, it was in, it's so strange. If you've ever seen the show Gilmore Girls or, like, uh, I don't have a very good example, but it was this this small public school in the middle of this extremely rich suburb okay. of mansions and, like, just huge, huge houses, huge corporate, like, headquarters, just so weird. And then there was this campus smack dab in the middle of this huge forest, and it's a bunch of weirdos. Like, <laughs> this, camp, this, this campus is for all the art kids, all the theater kids, all the music kids, all the dancers, um, film students, digital media, all these, like, weird liberal arts, visual arts, performing arts kids, and then a handful of, like, math majors and maybe some, like, psychology kids. But basically, it was just, like, a school of weirdos. And then, um, yeah, so um, I was going to school there, and I started making friends with people there and then I started dating someone in the city who um, I had actually met in Florida but then moved up to New York at the same time as me and they had a very different um, music taste than me so their favorite band was Converge and they liked a lot of like hardcore punk um, all kinds of of bands that I was like I don't even know who this is I had heard (laughs) Converge before but I was like I wasn't really um engaged in that scene so i learned a lot about those bands through my partner at the time and we would go to shows together and um the next summer i like went to went to a random show and it was like loma prieta actually played in new york and i was like i was like oh who's this band and i saw them and i was like oh my god (laughs) so um so i felt i felt like i was a very late bloomer to this but it, it wasn't purposeful it was just like i was just never involved in it and yeah. i i liked i liked certain bands of this kind of style and and genres and like scene but it was always like oh i i know this one band i really like that one but i don't know anyone else like on their record label or like yeah. who plays with them or like i really liked a lot of dispute but it took me years to like learn about touche amore who is also one of my favorite bands now but yeah. like they put out a split together years ago and I just never knew, you know, it's like that kind of thing. Like I was very particular. I was like, I like glass jaw. I like this. I like this instead of kind of, um, exploring other bands in that similar sound and yeah. kind of scene. I, I don't know why I just, <laughs> I don't know. It was, I don't know. So I, I felt very stunted when I started, I was like, Oh my God, there's just so much music that I didn't know about. And, so much to catch up on and um 
there was a lot that I actually didn't really care for. There's like certain like vocal styles, like the guttural thing. I'm, yeah, I'm still, yeah. it's hard for me to get into those types of bands, but um, there was just so much that I was like, ah, where do I even start? <laughs> and, um, and I was older, it just felt like weird. You know, I felt kind of like, like embarrassed that I was older and just getting into this music so I would go to these shows in New York and, with my partner at the time and I'm like hey here I am this weird indie <laughs> kid at the like fucking whatever show and um it's so strange so um yeah I wish I, looking back I don't wish I had um made any different choices because I ended up where I am now and I'm yeah, happy with that but it is interesting to see like how I just moved around a lot and really just went from one thing to the other and then now I'm here. So, um, <laughs> and it was really influenced by the people that I met at certain times in my life. Like I became very good friends with someone uh, maybe four years ago whose favorite band was Birds in a Row and like right. Converge and all these kinds of other bands that I was like oh my god I would have never known and he was like you have to look at the bands on Death Wish and I was like <laughs> okay and so I did and I was like okay cool and so um, I'm very grateful that I've just been able to just through happenstance in like certain situations I've become friends with people who've, who've introduced me to a lot of bands I love now so mm. um, so it was more like that I it, I didn't. I was never kind of seeking it out. Yeah. That much. I mean, I paid attention to music, but it was always like. It was almost always indie rock because that was what I thought all I cared about. But instead, I just care about a lot more than I thought I did. <laughs> yeah. um, which sounds so silly to say now, but I think back then, maybe, you know, five to ten years ago, I just thought. I was a certain type of person. I was like, I'm an indie rock kid, and sometimes yeah, yeah. I like noise and punk, but that's the extent of what I like, and that's who I am. And so that's, yeah, but now I'm like, Ryan, you're so stupid. You like all <laughs> kinds of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just taken me a long, long time, but now I'm here, so it's cool. Well, in terms of here, how did, how did Closer come to be then? How did the that band come to form? Okay, so um, I became friends with someone uh, in in graduate school, an undergrad who was in a hardcore band with other art students, and um, through that band, I met Matt, who plays guitar in Clover. Yeah. So we um, he came up to me one summer out of art art show and he said hey you want to be in a hardcore band with me and I didn't know him that well at the time but I was like yeah of course that sounds it sounds like it could be like my old band from Florida um but maybe a little more different so um I was like yeah sure and we kind of talked about it I I really got into the band um Frameworks which yeah. is actually a Florida band I was really into them and he he said I wanted to sound like Amanda Woodward and I was like okay I don't know that band but I'll listen to it and um, blah 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 so we were kind of talking but we didn't start practicing until about maybe six months later and um, I was going on tour with him and his indie rock band Right. so I was we were becoming close friends and I was going to play on his in his band on tour so um, 
we ended up practicing for closer and we were like whatever this is it it, it will be whatever let's just have fun and so um we wrote a song on our first practice and we're like okay this is fucking cool um let's keep doing this so it was just us two for a few practices and then he told me let's get a bass player and i was like are you sure and he's like yeah let's do it because i was thinking like you know japanther and yeah. um japan droids all these like just uh even like death from above is just two people and i'm like ah oh, man all these like cool two people bands like we could do this right and i was like no um he convinced me that we need a bass player so he brought his friend um who also goes on tour in his indie rock band and their childhood friends um to be in our band and i was like all right fine so um we we had practice and it seemed like it was going well and he ended up being in the band so um that's how it began it was kind of began as like an alternative to my friend's indie rock band he said i'm in this band and i want to have another band that's more fun and just like angrier and louder and so and that he doesn't have to sing it that was the thing he didn't want to sing he didn't really want to write the songs either (laughs) he wanted me to write them someone who doesn't play guitar he's like i want you to write songs that changed anyways he didn't want to worry about singing so i was like well what if i sing and play drums and so which seemed like it could work and it wasn't that crazy of an idea but honestly now every time i play i'm like why did i do this but um and other people are like, oh, my God, how do you do this? What? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it started off, like, not as a joke, but it was very casual. Oh, let's just have a fun band together. And then that quickly became, like, oh, this is really great. I really like what we're doing. This is meaningful. This is really fun. And our songs are cool. Um, let's play. Like, let's really focus on this. So that was cool. Um, the way it kind of came about. Yeah, and um, in terms of kind yeah. of, because you mentioned obviously when you kind of first started doing sort of vocals, like you enjoyed the kind of whole like writing lyrics sort of thing, yeah, side of things. So obviously now we're closer of obviously getting a bit more recognition and stuff. Obviously we'll get onto to the album in a minute, but in terms of uh-huh. kind of like. The musical content obviously as you say it's a bit more aggressive it's a bit more kind of emotive so how did your yeah. kind of writing style change lyrically um uh let's see in my old band in florida that band was called loins right and um th- that band i was kind of trying to write um poetic like fragments that i put together I was, I was, I was like, uh, kind of collaging, collaging lyrics together, right, sort yeah, of, yeah. and they, they had some sort of very vague, um, themes sometime, but usually it was just like, oh, I like what, I like these words together, and I like this phrase, so I'm going to put it here, and then, um, there was one song about an ex-boyfriend, but whatever, even that was, like, very, it was very obscured, like, nothing was, nothing was, um, very didactic or literal, it was, like, very weird and strange, um, and it was basically just, like, if you knew me and the person, maybe you would know, but even then, it was just, I was trying to use that as, like, a 
imagery to kind of spew out some weird version of whatever. So, um, yeah, for this band, I kind of took the same approach. I was getting in poetry that year, um, and I was writing a lot of poems, like intentional poems, instead of just writing things. Hmm. So I was excited about um, turning kind of like this work I was doing into a song as opposed to just a poem. Um, and yeah, I... So it wasn't that much different. I just felt like I got a little bit better and I was writing more... I was more proud of what I was writing, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I was a little bit... I had a better skill base just because I was reading more poetry and um, getting more influence from that. Mm. Um, as, a po- as opposed to like any type of... Um, lyricist or like band or anything like that um i've always loved lyrics um my first experience with the internet was like looking up beck okay album odalay because i was obsessed with beck and i loved how he wrote and i think that's honestly a huge influence subconsciously on how i write because it just feels like this strange collage yeah of um words it's just like i don't know how he put them together but they just <laughs> yeah. sound so fucking cool and um and they're just coming from everywhere and uh especially that album specifically i think um so i re- yeah i remember printing out all those l- lyrics and i'm being like what is this <laughs> so um um yeah so i think i just I, I think i just um got a little bit better as time progressed and i was like focusing more on poetry hmm. um that helped me write write for this band. And in terms of kind of sort of vocal duties, because obviously it's split between the, the, the three of you, obviously you kind of take a, maybe a, a bit of a lead role in some of it, but yeah. is it a case of, do you do the predominantly the writing for the lyrics or do, do the other guys sort of bring bits in? And how do you kind of split up the duties, so to say? Yeah, so I I wrote probably ninety five percent of the lyrics, and then I think maybe five to ten percent was written by Griffin, our bass player. But yeah. and we wrote them. The last song on the record, Anathema, half of it was written by him, and then we kind of wrote. But he used things that I had wrote written and combine them with some things he wrote. So even that, that song t- we wrote kind of together. Okay, cool. Um, it was a collaboration. And then there was another song, um, Part of Dust, we collaborated on too. Actually, as all three of us sat down at a table um, and we were working and it was, we were like on a Google Doc, you know, and just yeah. like talking and being like, ah, I, I was really stuck. So I was like, come on, you guys got to help me on the song. And they're, they're like, okay. So we wrote part a little tiny bit of that together Um but yeah, I would say the vast majority is just me writing. Yeah. And um, and then sometimes I tell Griffin or Beastler, I'm like, I want you to sing this. Okay. And he's like, okay. So, or like, this is the melody. Like, you have to sing it like this. Like, even part of Anathema, um, when, we were, when we were recording, it was the last song we recorded and wrote in the, in the studio. And I was like, this is how I, I, um, I recorded my vocal line so that he could kind of emulate the rhythm. Right. Not, not, not that I was trying to be all diva and like, this is how it has to be. But I was, but I hear 
and this is what I think it should be. And then it like helped him kind of find that rhythm. So yeah. um, it was like somewhat collaborative even in that, I guess I would say. So, um, yeah. And kind of going back to, to what you said earlier about obviously the whole sort of vocals and drums things, like maybe not being yeah. the, the wisest of choices in some aspects, but, <laughs> but like when it comes to sort of like the, like, telling griffin like oh i want you to do that bit is it yeah are you kind of subconsciously thinking like okay well this is a bit where i need a break just so i can focus on drums or or is that not necessarily a thought process yeah so i have uh, um i even as a young child like a youngster (laughs) that sounds that's a funny word but like (laughs) as a middle schooler as a middle schooler, like beginning to learn how to play music in the in the I don't know academic sense, yeah. it was very difficult. It was very hard for me to understand um, how how it worked, how okay. how like notes and timing worked, and it was always it didn't come to me naturally at all. It was it was a struggle, and um, I think I liked that about it, and I was like, oh, this is so hard. I have to keep working. Like other people, feel, I mean, I, I I think I have some sort of um, inclina- inclination towards music, but yeah. I, I wouldn't say I have a talent or like anything that comes naturally, um, because I struggle even remember even like counting to eight three <laughs> times. I, I it's just it's I have to pay attention. I don't, I can't feel it. I have a hard time like feeling things or like hearing notes really I like it's just it's all hard for me and um so when I write um also gosh and that is also holds me back I think because I play with people who were in also in middle high school band but they like didn't really they weren't really as involved as I was at all so they like can't really count that well and like we we think about music and feel music completely differently yeah so it's sometimes it's really really hard for me to even say like oh it's like this right one two and three and four and whatever yeah and they're like what and i'm like ah this is this right (laughs) Ah!" and so um and if it's if we can't talk to each other i just sometimes i have a really difficult time and i get frustrated which is my fault but um yeah so it's usually i have to approach the writing vocals and drum parts very intentionally to the point where I like map out everything I'm singing yeah. to the to the rhythm um, and it's in like a, a Google Doc reel and I just have to like be like okay this part is da 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 and that's a three and then I'll hit the symbol here and it's not that specific but basically I have to really sit down and like plan out rhythmically how this is going to fit on top because the puzzle pieces are so specific that um it's it's really really hard to even plan it let alone like do it so um (laughs) it's it's pretty wild (laughs) Um, and in terms of kind of um i go recognition i guess is in some sense like obviously my exposure to to your band was through Middleman Records because I absolutely oh, cool. adore that that label. I think yeah. everything they put out yeah. is fucking killer. So, yeah. like for for you, was there like a point when 
like you thought maybe sort of started noticing that people were kind of paying your band a bit more attention and was there kind of like a I guess like a light bulb moment like oh like cool things are happening with this band now um yeah I think so so we one of our first shows was with um this band that's now called um Nouvelle Oscura from California and they used to be called Vril V-R-I-L okay and we played with them we played they were on tour and they came to New York we played with them and we also played with um hundreds of ow which is okay Tom yeah. schlatter's band so um and i was like oh my god and i didn't know who real was but i was like damn we're playing with these cool bands so i was like oh wow um and then i think a few months later we played with soul glow which i was like oh my god these this band is fucking amazing yeah. and then unfortunately now in retrospect I mean, um, currently, we the band the show was with old uh, excuse me, uh, Soul Glow and Old Gray, who is now um, a pro- a very problematic yeah. band. But <laughs> I'm glad time, you said that, not me. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I we're not like. Yeah. Anyways, um, but at the time we were that was the biggest show we played, and there was tons of people, and it was incredible. Um. So that's when I was like, all right, playing with these cool people, they're coming up to me and being like, man, you're amazing. So um, that's when things like, I was like, all right, this this band's cool. Um, Let's keep doing this. And then because of Matt's other band, um, Real Life Buildings, we had a connection with Lauren Records. Right. Um, And so Aaron from Lauren Records was like, all right, I want to put out your record. I, we just need two other labels, and I think so. Middleman was, I think, the first person, first. Um, how do I describe this? The uh, the first other label to kind of get in. Yeah. And then Conditions was, I think, the second. I could be wrong about that, but either way, Middleman and Conditions were like, yeah, let's let's put this out together. Yeah. So um, that was also like just. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So um, I had never my. I'd never been on a, in a band that had put out vinyl before, so I was, like, really excited, and um, we did all the art together, and, and it was just like, oh, my God, um, a big deal. So I think that's when... I think that, that Soul Glow show, I was like, all right, cool. This is... Things are happening, and like yeah. this band is really worth worth keeping up and investing in, and and the the feeling I had, um, and I think collectively we just felt like those shows were just so powerful for us as like a as a band, and me especially, I was just like singing about things that were really meaningful to me, and I felt like our music was like um, moving people in hmm. slightly. So I was like, this is really this is good this is like good for me and us together so i was like that was cool feeling to feel well that's um, kind of like what yeah because as i say when i sort of discuss, discovered the album through through middleman like it was one of the yeah. one of those records where i sort of chugged it on for the first time and i was sort of like, oh this is really cool and then the more times i listened to it i was like Oh no! There's like there's some there's a reason I keep revisiting this sort of thing. So cool. like, was there like a sense of that like in terms of kind of 
like an, a reaction sort of like from from people that as you say like you were getting sort of a feeling from it and people were reacting to it was that kind of something that people were coming up to you and saying that like the record was sort of like something they'd latched onto because like for me like it kind of has that that sound as you say like the maybe like the early touche sort of stuff the the stuff that kind of yeah. got me back into sort of screamo in my in my my older years sort of thing <laughs> yeah um i think we played another show with hundreds of out and in new york and i i remember tom coming up to me and saying i really like the way you drum and i was like thank you <laughs> and um and we me and tom have become like pretty good friends over the past like year and a half or so and and i confide in him when i'm feeling really sad and um useless basically yeah. and and he helps remind me like you know when i first saw your band play and i saw you screaming and drumming he's like i don't even i was like how is this possible <laughs> like how is this happening in front of me so um uh i'm thankful for his friendship it's really important to me and uh um oh, where was i going with that <laughs> uh actually i don't know i'm sorry no 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 that's cool that's cool um uh, see in well less than a month's time you're going to be over in europe so is that yeah is this the first time you've you've left the states with a band yeah um yeah this is a hard thing to talk about because last uh, last year we started a, a decently long tour as maybe like two two three weeks um to going driving across the states to the to california and then up and then we we're going to head back over back to the east coast but um our guitar player matt had a freak health accident in louis um, new orleans yeah and was hospitalized and it was extremely um very close close to dying like oh, it was it was very it was a huge emergency yeah. um and it, it you know we had to cancel the tour and it just stopped all everything and it kind of like everything just stopped um for a little while so that since then we haven't done anything very like major so yeah. we've gone on you know smaller jobs here and there like a few shows in the uh, like philly pittsburgh kind of new york just like really just in our vicinity yeah. um nothing that far away um and i mean he had that accident and then we also all of us live in different cities so that really keeps us from like uh it's it's, it's much harder to kind of get the logistics together yeah, to, of course. to tour and play play a bunch of shows in a row because it's just very very hard and um yeah so this is the, the first time going to europe with a band and also the big the uh, the longest kind of string of shows we've done in a while since yeah. 2017 so um it's a it's it's gonna be a lot i hope we can handle it but um i'm very excited i think it'll be fun and have you got kind of anywhere that you're you're sort of most excited to to hit when you come over 
excited to be in Copenhagen. Um, I've never been there, and I've really been interested in the city for quite some time now. I don't know much about it, but I just have this, like, some sort of curiosity about it. And, yeah. Um, well, one thing I will say is it's, is it's expensive. That's the one thing I will say. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> so um, I have to keep that in mind. But, yeah. I'm excited about that, and I'm also very excited about Berlin. I think Mrs. Stars Fest is just going to be so yeah. fun. I went, so, um, I went last year, and it was oh, cool. incredible. And I'm yeah. literally, I'm so. <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a bit of a, a geek now, but so <laughs> uh, when they did the announcement for for this year's, I saw that you guys were playing it. I was like, oh, sick! So I was like, all right, cool. cool. I'll, I'll sort of toy, toy with the idea of going. And then they announced Lord yeah. Lord Snow, and I was like, "I'm I'm going, I'm going." So, I've got I got my ticket. So yeah, I'm really looking for like it's such a nice little festival. Like the guys that cool. run the guys that run it is like a little sort of community event. So yeah, it's it's definitely one to to hang around at when you're there. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited because I know I've not become you know close friends, but I've just. Over the past eight months or so, even maybe a year out, I've become friends with people on Facebook and just like from all over Europe and Germany mostly. And it's just like, oh, maybe I'll see some of these people. <laughs> yeah. and I don't know. Our social media has grown a little bit over the last six months or so. And it's just like people um, that talk to us. And I'm just like, oh, I hope I get to see them at a show. It would be so fun. And um, I, yeah, I'm just. And everyone's just been so absolutely nice to us. Yeah. And just being so like, hey, do you need help? Do you uh, like? Can we just see you? And like, I wish I could order the final, but it's too expensive. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, y'all are just so nice. And um, it's funny because I, I know I've said I said like I come from this like indie rock background, and I feel like a poser, and I just don't feel super confident all the time about like who I am and what I do and what I like and what I know about I just am always feeling feeling a little bit unsure and embarrassed about myself but like and which which makes me like wonder like how can people really like my band it's not really screamo it's not really post hardcore it's like not really anything it's just all <laughs> of those things sometimes and does, does that like ha- I'm shocked that it's had such a like a nice response and i'm very so very full that people have latched onto it and like support our band it's just like it's so amazing to me just because it's so hard to kind of define the sound and yeah and the like just the aesthetics of the band is like kind of weird and you know it's just and we're kind of like goofy and it's just <laughs> yeah. like it's like why would anyone take this seriously or like really like this but they do and it's it's amazing yeah um, how I like to, to round things off, uh, Ryan, is is to ask my guests sort of what their favourite song is, but with a bit of bit of a twist. So, what okay. is your favourite closest song that you like to play live, and why? Oh gosh, okay. Um, ah, um <laughs> I want to say okay. I have to say, I have to say, hardly art, only because, um. It was a single, so like yeah. more people have heard it, I think. And we played 
a show in Pittsburgh. The first time we played in Pittsburgh was at this tiny house venue with Shingard. So if you you haven't heard Shingard, anyone that's listening to this, okay, cool. Please listen to that band. They're amazing and they're the nicest, sweetest people. Um, so we played with them, and then we played after Shingard, and we were playing Hardly Art. I think it was the last song, and people started singing. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was the first time anyone has ever sang along to a song I wrote. Yeah. And, play- and, and currently I was playing. And I was like, what the fuck? So, and when I play, I have the microphone, like, to my left. Yeah. And then we set up the drum set kind of parallel to the stage. Like, so I'm kind of not in the front, but I'm on the side front. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, so my hi-hat is like, it's like me, hi-hat audience. Yeah. And then... um. So I kind of just swiveled the mic out, oh, awesome. and I was like, "Yeah, people are singing." <laughs> it was so fun. I was just like, "This is what it's like to be in a band." Yeah, yeah. It was just like one of those moments. I was like, "Oh my god, this is it!" And it was so fun. And so since then, we've played in New York a few times, and it, it's been like a similar response on that song, and maybe a few other songs, but basically that song. Yeah people sing sing along and it's just like it just makes my heart like feel so good and like people are singing and yeah people say like this is my shit you know and (laughs) and, like and that song specifically is like very meaningful to me the words and like and i'm so it's so nice to feel like people also relate to that and like even the phrase like all i want is something familiar i use that in a lot of like our internet shit and yeah. people are like yeah man that phrase is like it that's what i that's like the feels in it and it's like a extremely emo like i should have mentioned this this whole time it's like i i'm an indie kid but i'm also like heavily uh, like em, like 90s emo yeah like that was really kind of part of my growing up too so things that emo sound is also there it's not as strong, but it's definitely like part of what we, what we're about, and like especially me, um, I missed out on a lot of like the emo revival bands because I just wasn't paying attention to that. But yeah. like a lot of the like classic emo bands were were some I was like re- kind of into some of those. So um, I don't know. Hearing that phrase, I'm fucking emo as hell, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, that's how I feel sometimes, and like I, it's so nice to hear that other people like relate to that. Yeah. So. Perfect, brilliant, Ryan. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. And, and thank you. As I say, I'm looking forward to seeing you at, at Mrs. Stars. I know. I'm so excited. Yay! Thank you. No worries. Perfect. Take care. Oh, right, you too. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So there we have it, folks. A massive thanks to Ryan again for their time. Uh, as mentioned, Closer will be coming over to Europe uh, within the next few days. Um, as part of that, they will also be playing Mr. Stars Festival in Berlin, which I am really looking forward to. And as mentioned, Closer are actually kind of one of the bands why I wanted to go again this year. Um, so really looking forward to seeing them. Uh, if you want to see if Closer are playing anywhere near you when they're over here, or just to keep up with what they're doing in general you can do so as always by visiting their various social media platforms which as per usual will be linked in the description of this podcast um that is it for another week uh got a couple of cool shows lined up this weekend 
potentially having an, uh, a guest for the podcast. I'm not sure. I need to to put a couple of feelers out there. It's only just kind of dawned on me. I need to do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then after that, I will be packing up and heading off to Berlin. I will be there'll be one more episode before I go out to Berlin, so there'll be will be an episode next week. But if anyone has any recommendations as to what to do while I'm there, because I did a lot there last year, so I want to try and do things I didn't do last year, if that makes sense. So yeah, hit us up with some suggestions. Um, But for now, as always, thank you again for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast, and I'll see you soon. (laughs) 